Thank you for downloading this message from Grace Christian Fellowship. We pray that you receive encouragement from the study of God's Holy Word and that you will grow in the faith and understanding of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have been going through a series, I guess a loose series for a while, and it really started some time ago in December in looking at sozo, wholeness. You know, sozo, if we look in the New Covenant Scriptures, uh, for example, Acts 2, that whoever shall cast a call in the name of the Lord shall be saved, saved. We go, oh, okay, we're saved, that's great. We think in terms of afterlife, or um, through him the world might be saved, saved, yay, afterlife. Um, by his blood we shall be saved from wrath, yay, afterlife, saved from that wrath and that judgment time. And I think a lot of times our, our, our brains like to go to that place that we're saved in the afterlife. And we think, okay, we'll walk with God now, so we have this great retirement plan. But we know that's not exactly what that word saved means. It, it comes from a Greek word, sozo, which means saved and wholeness. That, so when he says saved in these, con, these verses, and other verses, there's actually quite a number of verses, it's talking about being saved in the afterlife, but also our wholeness factor, being whole. He wants us to be whole. He wants an ongoing relationship with us, and he wants to pour into and redefine and reshake and restructure us to understand being whole in him. That's pretty cool. So we've gone from there to, and we've talked about several things and, that have kind of built from this. Working, going to work every day. You know, that's a, that's a chance of understanding more of him. It, 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 it's really, it's a call to understand more of him and to walk out more of him and to start to exercise some of those things. It's not just a separate life. If we view work as a separate life, we're never going to understand wholeness. We're going to bucket things. We're going to have a Sunday morning God. And then we're going to have a rest of the work week. We can't separate work from the wholeness that God wants to do in our life. Also, uh, we talked about uh, being a failure. Or failing isn't necessarily the same as feeling like a failure, right? Man. Good messages. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just having a good time. Is it not working, Chris? Do I need to stand here? Yes. Chris, our intrepid sound man, I will stand here, Chris. No, don't do it. We have, we have challenges every now and then with Wi-Fi signals in this room. Here, let's, do you want to go biblical with me for a minute? This is 21st century. Praise the Lord. Let's go back to the time of Moses. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Some people, they like to say, <laughs> people, I, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. People say, I really like to worship in a traditional way. Oh, you go to a church with no microphones. <laughs> what does that mean? Worship in a traditional way. Oh, I, I like to, you know, I like, I like really, I like things that are really old. Oh, so you go to church that the women sit on one side and the men sit on another? I just, I've been thinking a lot about this. Okay, that has nothing to do with sozo. Sozo, their wholeness. And again, we've talked about some of these different things. And I want to look at something today. Um, this was a very challenging message. Some, some, some messages are a lot of fun to put together. I just get energized. I read. And I'm, wow, this is great. Other messages I go through and I go, 
uh, okay, yeah, I think this is, and, uh, you know, they're really learning plodful times where I, I peel up and I'm just really like new exposures and new understandings, a lot of rhema. And some messages for me just kind of stopped me. And this was a stop me kind of message. It was a message of a lot of reflection. And I want to speak out. Let's go ahead and look at the verse here. Let's start with this, Mike. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Do you ever have something you wanted so much, but you couldn't get it? So you had to wait, you had to wait, you had to wait, you had to wait, you had to wait. Do you remember being a kid before your birthday? My birthday's coming. You know, you want the presents, or Christmas, or Hanukkah, or whatever it is. You know, you wait, you wait, you wait, you wait, you wait. And you're so excited, maybe before a big vacation. In my family, we use the language sleeps. Not how many days, you know, how many, to, a little, to a child, how many days is maybe a little confusing. So we say, how many sleeps until we have your birthday, until the holiday, until whatever. And it, it, we can get so excited, but if we have to wait, and that's what this verse is really speaking to. And sometimes, and what I really want to get at in this is expectations. Expectations. And that's, uh, that's really what this message is about today. Expectations. Specifically, unmet expectations. Sometimes, what, sometimes we can lay out what to look for. Now, we're going to go through just a series of passages in just a minute. Paul's talking to Timothy, but I want to set the stage. This is Timothy 2. This is the second book of Timothy. The first book of Timothy, uh, he starts off, my son in the faith, and he goes through this. It's really entry-level stuff for this young guy. You know, things like, hey, Timothy, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. So very much walking a young guy through the first steps in ministry. Timothy 2 comes in, the second letter to Timothy, it's not quite as basic. In fact, now he's really starting to get to some weightier things, some things with more punch, a little more adultish, if that makes sense. Right? Okay. As, as we read through Timothy, we're, we're going to do a survey of Timothy 2. Just a survey. We're going to glance through the book. And I see this recurrent theme coming up. And if I got a letter like this from my spiritual mentor, if my dad wrote me a letter like this, I, would, I think I would finish the letter and go... Oh, man. So let's see if you agree with me. Go ahead, Mike. For I am already being... This is the end of Timothy, and, and this is Paul saying, here's my motivation for writing this. For I'm already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Wow! I'm near the end. I'm near the end. If we have somebody, if we know somebody is near the end of their life and they're taking those last days to tell us what they can teach us, that's pretty significant. Paul is saying, I'm near the end. I'm near the end. Listen. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which, is the, uh, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day, not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. So this is a heavy thing from Paul. He's recognizing <laughs> I don't have much time. Here you go. So now we're going to back up in the start of Timothy and just look and see if we can catch a theme in some of what he's saying in this, in this, uh, in this book here. Um, so never be ashamed. This is right away in the first chapter. So never be ashamed to tell others about the Lord. Never be ashamed. That's a heavy thing. And don't be ashamed of me either, even though I am prison for him. Do you ever know anybody in prison? 
Did you ever try to explain that your friend is in prison? It can be challenging. Oh, my really good friend, you know, they're incarcerated. They're, it can be challenging. So Paul's saying, don't be ashamed of me either. I'm, for, I'm in prison. With the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of good news. Oh, there's a load. Be ready to suffer with me. Be ready to suffer. I'm in prison. Don't be ashamed of me. Be ready to suffer. Go ahead, Mike. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. For what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So trust these people. Let them teach. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Do you remember when you were a child? Do you remember your parents saying, come on, hang in there, be a good soldier, be a good trooper? Anybody remember anything like that? Paul, look at bucket up, buttercup, you know, whatever it is. Paul is saying this here, hang in there, be a good soldier, come on. Now there's more to it than that. But he's really, he's saying some heavy things here, just toughen up, buttercup. And no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. Don't worry about this stuff, just hang in there, hang in there, hang in there. All right, Mike, we read on. A little further down, but avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness, and their talk will spread like gangrene. Among them are these two Greek fellows. You know, <laughs> anybody want to hear? I would give somebody $20 if they named their children. $20. Abby, you've got a new name coming. <laughs> I would be, I'd give everybody here $5 if they named one of these names of their pets. So <clears throat> these fellows were in the truth. They've been swerved by the truth. And, he, you know, he's saying this is trouble. They're upsetting the faith. This is a bad thing that's happening. This is more suffer. Hang in there, soldier. Watch out. These, you know, there's people who have swerved from the truth. This is what you're going to lead. This is what you're going to be connected to. Go ahead, Mike. We read more. But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. Oh, great, as if you had already said enough, Paul. You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, in Iconium, and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured. Yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Oh, great! That's wonderful. Go ahead, Mike. When you come, bring the cloak that I left with. Do you know what? I, I really just, I, I like this first part. Bring this cloak because you see the humanity of Paul. Imagine this. In today's language, it might look something like this. I was at your house last night. I forgot my, I forgot my jacket. Would you please bring it to church? Right? That maybe I was today's language. Whatever that cloak was, it meant something to Paul. Alexander the coppersmith did me great harm. The Lord will repay him according to his deeds. Be aware of him yourself, for he strongly opposed our message. At my defense, at my first defense, no one came to stand by me. No one stood with me. I had to stand up on my own. This guy Alexander caused issues. He's gonna, you got to watch out for him. No one stood up for me. But all deserted me. Oh. May it not be charged against them, but the Lord stood by me and strengthened me. So Paul finishes by saying, yeah, at least I got through this. Lord stood by me, took care of me. But man, oh man, Timothy, are you going to have challenges? Yeah. He lays it out, doesn't he? 
In all these passages, and we could, if we open 2 Timothy, I'm sure we could find more. In all of these passages, Paul really is telling Timothy in his letter, trouble, suffering, persecution, trouble, suffering, persecution. Praise God. <laughs> he really, I believe, is telling Timothy to set proper expectations. Set proper expectations. There's going to be tough days. There's going to be hard times. People will come at you. They came at me. They'll come at you. They went after Jesus. They'll come after you. Right? There's all different ways of saying this. But it's about setting proper expectations. I think expectations are really challenging. You know, the, you know one of the funny things about expectations is sometimes we don't know that we have them until they're unmet. If we know, okay, we can deal with it. But not always. You know, <clears throat> Joseph, Joseph, the coat of many colors, is in prison. And he's with a cupbearer to the king. And he's with the chief baker to the king. And they're in prison with him. And they each have dreams. And they want help interpreting the dreams. So Joseph gives, him, gives these fellows the interpretation of the dreams. And he says, but when you get out and you're able to explain the dreams... To the when you get out, so he interprets the dreams and he says to these guys, When you get out, please remember me. In other words, help me out of here. I'll help you, but when you get out of prison, help me out of here. So each of them, they're so grateful for the interpretation of the dream, and they get out of prison and they forget them. Joseph had this expectation that he actually talked about it. This was an intentional expectation. I'll help you, but when you get out, remember me in here. Okay, take care of me. They get out. They didn't. Now, later on, eventually, he was able to get out. But he really, Joseph had a stretch. I mean, a real stretch being forgotten behind bars. Moses is with the Israelites. They go from A to B, from one spot. And in this spot, they had seen quail. They're fed with quail meat, and they've got manna. And they get moved to another spot, the very next spot. And there's no water in this spot. And they get there, and they say... Where's the water? I don't know if they really thought about asking Moses beforehand, will there be water in the spot we're going to move to? But when they got there, they realized there was no water. Moses remedied that. Expectations vary. Sometimes they're articulated. Sometimes they're not articulated. They're not even fully known. I think we struggle. We see unmet expectations a lot in marriages. That might be one of the most common places for it. You know, I, I think... My spouse, uh, my spouse didn't do this. Whatever, we see it a lot in marriages. Um, <clears throat> somebody will come home and why is the house a mess? I thought you were going to clean it up. You didn't ask me to clean it up. Well, you live here too. You can just see how this argument goes back and forth. All they're doing is arguing over an unmet expectation. I thought you were going to clean it up. Well, you didn't ask me. That's an, that's an unmet expectation, unspoken, unmet expectation. And we can go through all, <clears throat> all through all types of relationships and see these different expectations, sometimes articulated, sometimes not articulated. I'll hear people over the years will have expectations of what a pastor should be. A pastor should be like this. A pastor should be like that. I think a pastor should be more formal. I think a pastor should be less formal. And they create these expectations. I've not found many expectations for pastors that are actually based in the Bible, which is kind of interesting. It's not bad. It's just their own, you know, how they view a pastor should be. 
People will have expectations on what they think church services should be, even before they ever walk into a church sometimes. They'll build expectations on what they see on TV or on movies, and they define church services in that way. Sometimes people go into a church and they'll say they don't raise their hands here. This is a bad church. And they have an expectation only good churches raise hands. I can tell you that's not always true. Sometimes unhealthy churches raise hands during worship. Also, there's other churches where the reverse is there. We go into a church and nobody raises their hands and then people will sometimes say this is not a healthy church. They don't raise their hands, but that's not true either. So we put expectations in all kinds of things, in church ministries and relationships and what we want from pastors, in friendships, and we can go on and on and on. And sometimes, again, we articulate them like Joseph did. Sometimes they're unarticulated like the Israelites with Moses, but they're there. You tracking with me? Expectations are a odd thing to deal with. And I am sure that every last one of us in this room has had to deal with unmet expectations in our life. They're similar in a way to jealousy and envy that, and I'm sure that every last one in this room has dealt with jealousy and envy at some point in their life, yet we don't talk about them all the time. Unmet expectations are a lot like that, aren't they? Go ahead, Mike. So, We've got this kind of this paradox because the Lord says love. He tells us in the New Covenant, He tells us all through the scriptures in the Old Covenant as well. He says, Love people, love God, love others. And again, this is my, I want to add this to scripture. I think this is really important for me to say this. The word love means so much more than the word love. When we use the word love, people love people, love people, it's very confusing. I think that the authors, did a tremendous disservice in the, in the Bible when they kept using the same word love through all these passages. Because the original words didn't mean love. And, and we have a different, we have so many definitions of love it's, it's, uh, in the Bible that it's very confusing for us using the same word for all these definitions. There's a brotherly love, there's a, a spouse, there's a, an attraction love uh, in scriptures. There's also Of course, the agape love, and this is love that we are empowered by the Spirit to walk out and grow through with the power of the Spirit. So this love, there is no greater love, this agape, than to lay down one's life than one's friends. So we've got this love that we're supposed to walk out. Love each other just as I have loved you. Agape, 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 each other. This does not mean tolerate, by the way. This just means work and esteem others uh, more highly. You should uh, love each other. You should agape each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. We're going to also be known by this great love. We're not supposed to be known by how we fight and argue and disagree or, or how we're disappointed. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, that's agape. The Holy Spirit's working to produce this fruit, this agape in our life, so we can pour it out. Love one another with brotherly affection. This is the This is a specific call to getting along. Outdo one another in showing honor. You honor me, I'm going to show you more honor. You honor me this much, I want to show you this much honor. You honor me this much, I want to show you this much honor. Who can honor the most? Who can honor the most? I want to be the best at honoring you. Not in an arrogant way. I hope I honor you more than you honor me. At least that's the challenge. Right? Don't you think if society got this more, 
we would all get along a little bit better. Don't you think so? I think so. So we've got this call to love. You know what? I think, and I think this is a critical piece, we've got this call to love, but I'm not sure if we all think about how much love is intertwined, or this agape is intertwined with how we live daily for the Lord. Go ahead, Mike. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or uh, being circumcised or being uncircumcised. Well, that's funny. You know, sometimes you get older. You know what I'm talking about? I'm not as old as my mom. <laughs> For you have been... <laughs> so let me, let me say this again. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit to being circumcised or uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. Our faith expressing itself in love. Love is not an option. Agape is not an option. But you know what gums up agape is unmet expectations. When we start thinking that somebody disappointed us and we didn't tell them about it, or maybe we did and we were disappointed that way, those disappointments stack up and they gum up our ability to agape right. Our faith is supposed to be walked out in this agape. That's the prime directive for us. If we gum up our agape, we're not going to do so well with our faith. We need the agape to work as well as possible so the faith can be doing it partners with the agape as well as possible. Those two things go hand in hand. This, this love thing, we need it. We got to have it. And any unmet expectations that get in the way Flame it out. They do. I've known people for years and years and years and years. And I've got one man in my mind, lives in another state. He was a 30-year churchgoer in the same church, and he had all kinds of unmet expectations. Every Sunday he would get up, and he would dress up in his Sunday garb. He would go to services. He walked out his services. He tithed. He read his Bible, and he would go. He would do all these kinds of things, but it was a shell of what he was supposed to be doing with people, walking out as agape. He was so upset, so hurt by all of these years of unmet expectations that all he got out of church services was just the service. We can set expectations in people's lives to look out for us, to take care of us, to do things for us, to help us. We can set expectations on our family. We can set expectations on believers here. We can set expectations on people, and sometimes we don't even realize that we did it until they hurt our expectations. I think it's very clear we have got to resolve those unset, unmet expectations if we're going to walk in agape to the full. We have got to know and be comfortable with the idea that it's on us, the burden is on us to resolve our unmet expectation. Our burden is not on anybody else. 
Well, I had an expectation, Jim, that it is not on anybody else. It is on me to resolve my unmet expectations. And sometimes I'm going to need the Lord's help. Sometimes I'm going to have to talk to somebody to resolve it. And sometimes I just got to grow up a bit and let it go. You know, sometimes my expectations are kind of, they're, they're kind of silly. When my dad and I, we made an office switch several years ago. My office used to be on this side of the building, and his was here, and we switched. Uh, so I, I'm in this office now on this side, and I was trying to figure out what to do and what to hang on the walls. It's a bigger office. and What should I hang? So I ended up hanging, and I've got old, some old movie cards, and they were original from the movies. So if you've never been in there, you can just stick your head in any time and look. But there's movie posters and movie cards from these movies. And after I got them, I hung them up, and I'm kind of proud of them. You know, I hung them straight, and this is all my own creation. And I think, oh, I'm, not, I'm not a good decorator, so yay for me. You know, I've got these on the wall. And one of the first people to walk in my office said, I don't know if that's appropriate for a pastor to have in the walls. Her expectation, <laughs> it wasn't Judy. I had a great dialogue with, with her, by the way, and she's not here. And she, it, was not, it was not my wife. It was not my wife. Although, you know, I, my wife, okay. I, this is, my wife is not here right now, so I'm going to do this. So my wife has this way of evaluating a scene, okay? Some of you may remember this, or you may have seen her in action. She'll walk into a room, and she'll evaluate whatever's happening in the room, the scene in the room, right? So she walks into my office as I, you know, after I got a lot of the stuff done in there. And she walks in and she does this. <laughs> Say something. <laughs> Unmet expect. By the way, she was okay with it. She, she was good. Get these strange expectations, but you know, the burden is on us. I'm so grateful for this lady who made the comments about my movie stuff. By the way, I think the newest movie thing in my office is from the 60s. There's a number, there's one poster from the 30s, some most are from the 40s, maybe 50s. There's another, most people, most people don't even know the actors. I, there's like this age break. People <laughs> over a certain age know some of the actors. People under a certain age know other actors that are in the posters. It's a really interesting, it's an age dividing line. Unmet expectations are huge, huge in the kingdom. Huge. People, they, they will be idols in people's lives. They'll have an unmet expectation and they prop it up in their mind is an end-all, be-all for them in how they view other people in the kingdom. And it ruins their agape. It crushes their agape. Well, I think a pastor should be like this. I think my, my neighbor should be like this. I think that they, they at least should have known that da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And they just, they launch these sometimes. And you may know people like this that have these unmet <laughs> expectations. And they just hold on to it, and they, they, they make it an idol. They caress it. They call it their idol. Yeah, but you understand what I mean. It's wrong. It's wrong. And it stops us from moving forward, and it ruins sozo. It really does ruin wholeness because of something unmet expectation. It takes a lot of introversion sometimes to process through them, and a lot of times with God, and is that, in that introversion journey. 
God, is it my fault? Did I expect something that's not there? Did I judge somebody's motive and build up this false story? Did I mishear? Did I misrepresent? We have to be in dialogue with the Lord. We have to sometimes with each other. But it's on, the burden is on us to let it go. It is not on you to let go of my unmet expectation. It's on me to let go of my unmet expectation. So why am I saying this? This is a very straightforward message today. <clears throat> Although for some of you, it's not at all. You've got unmet expectations, and I'm pushing your buttons this morning. The idea behind this is simple. I believe if we're going to make it as a 21st century church, we better be really good at agape. Really good at it. And if we're not going to make it, then we can do whatever we want. We have to be good at dealing with unmet expectations to survive in the 21st century. We have to walk in the fullness of the wholeness that he's trying to work in our life. We have to do it. We have to demonstrate it. If we're going to wait and pray for somebody else, how on earth are we going to do that if we don't agape them? How are we going to do it? There are people right now who want nothing to do with churches because they see us walking and complaining about our unmet expectations from other believers. That's really what happens. You know, somebody's at work, they're complaining about somebody at church, and they're telling people at work that in their church they have unmet expectations. Somebody at their church really did them wrong. Just dialogue it. The burden is on us to deal with our own unmet expectations. That's it. That's the bottom line. If we want to be a successful 21st century community here at Grace, we have to get rid of our unmet expectations. We have to challenge them. We have to take them on. We can't put them on other people. We've got to take them on. And there may be some real, we may be right for some of those unmet expectations. We may have been wronged like Joseph was. But we have to deal with it and we have to get it off that, that idle platform in our life. You with me? All right. Let's pray for healing here. Please stand up. <clears throat> you know, I've said this before, and I, before we pray, I just want to say this again. We see all through the scriptures how much of the scripture really are structure for dealing with people. Fivefold ministry is a people development structure. Government to take care of the people. And we can go on and on. We see st all structures, all through the scriptures, that have to do with people, people, people. And for us to, to not talk about people as a church would be a little silly. It's a core thing in the Word of God. Lord God, we do thank you for the chance to be together and to just peel back in your Word and look at people and how we're supposed to get along. God, I believe that there's people in this room that are challenged and dealing with unmet expectations in their life, maybe from a year ago, maybe from five years ago, or whenever. Lord, I just pray for them. I pray for all of us, Lord, for us to be able to move on, to process, to move on from these unmet expectations, that they would not be idols in our life. That we can see healing, that we can take on more of that wholeness, more of that sozo, Jesus, that you came to represent. 
I thank you for your work in our lives. I thank you for the promises in your word. I thank you for the guarantees that we have. I thank you for the community that you brought together that we can live together in, in this uh, relationship setting that you've designed. Thank you, Lord, for the great works of your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Unmet expectations do not bring peace. No. Amen? Thank you again for downloading and listening to this message from Grace Christian Fellowship. We are located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And if you are looking for a church to call home or would like to visit us for one of our services, please visit our site at gracecf.us for our location and service times. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and all peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit.